So hello everybody, hello and welcome to Essex Church, home of Kensington Unitarians. Oh, on this day when the rains have arrived and, and it feels like autumn is now starting to uh, arrive, I'm here welcoming you all to this time of worship. It's good, isn't it, to, to step out of the busyness of everyday life for a while. Take time to pause and reflect. And we arrive here with our individual concerns, just as we've made our different journeys here this morning. Well, so we have our different life paths to travel, and we have our own particular joys and challenges to deal with. But you know what? We bring them to a faith community where we can share the journey and support one another along the way. Here there are people to give you a cheer when things are going well and a helping hand when things get tough. So I invite you now to take a moment to think of your own lives, to take stock if you like. Ask yourself, well, how am I right now? Physically, emotionally, spiritually. What are the issues that are buzzing about in our minds? And you, you might find it helpful to acknowledge some of these issues. And if you can, and I know we can't always do it, lay some of them to one side for a while. They'll be waiting for you later, I suspect. And having focused on ourselves, let's, let's widen our awareness to people in this room, the community of people gathered here today. Perhaps imagining some lines of connection between us. And those lines of connection widen out to other communities that we belong to, the countries we live in. <clears throat> we can imagine the people who may be listening to this service as a podcast some unknown time in the future. And why not expand our awareness outwards to the whole world? One world, one planet Earth. And having spread our awareness outwards, let's return here to Essex Church. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome my friend and colleague, Aunt Howe, who comes from deepest rural Worcestershire to be with us here today. And in a moment, I'm going to light our chalice flame. It's a symbol used by liberal religious communities in many parts of the world. And Ant will be reading the monthly global chalice lighting words by the International Council of Unitarians and Universalists, also known by the initials of ICUU. The ICUU has members in 23 different countries around the world. And each month, a different country writes these words. And this month's words were written by Lenny Lund Schumacher of the Danish Unitarian Church. Good morning. 
Let this flame symbolise the divine spark of light embedded in all living things. May its flame lead us to greater knowledge and insight. May its warmth lead us to deeper love and compassion. And may its light lead us toward greater wisdom and understanding. Yes, each of us is but a tiny flame, but together we can enlighten the world. We've got um, a responsive reading uh, to share now. Um, it's on this, um, what do we call this top? Caramel. On this caramel coloured piece of paper. <laughs> of course, we're in Kensington, we've gone beyond top. <laughs> yes, yes, it's specially flavoured. Um, and, and as with everything in a Unitarian congregation, we're asking you to join in speaking something. It doesn't mean you have to believe all of this. It's almost a chance for you to, you know, find out, does this speak to me? Are there some of my truths expressed in this reading? It's, it's um, written, it's based on the work of James Luther Adams, who is arguably the best known and best regarded Unitarian um, theologian of the 20th century and um, he, he speaks to me and let's see what you think and you're going to read it I'm going to join the italics crowd so we're invited to join in, in the italics bit okay. okay did you see the bit I added to yours yes yeah <laughs> we gather as Unitarian Universalists, and I would add free Christians, to understand, articulate, and live our liberal religion. David brought down the giant Goliath with five smooth stones. But we use our five smooth stones to build a more just, loving, and free world. Our first stone reminds us that we are part of a living tradition in which revelation is continuous. Our second stone reminds us that we freely choose to enter into relationship and community with one another. Our third stone reminds us that we have a moral obligation to work toward establishing a just and loving community. Our fourth stone reminds us 
that good things happen as a result of human effort. Together, as beings within stone reminds us that the divine and human capacities for achieving meaningful change are reason for optimism. The roots of our living tradition have been developed over centuries but new ideas and understandings are still being revealed. We are part of this living tradition. Through it, we are strengthened. And through us, our tradition continues to develop. So that leads us now into a time of prayer and reflection. As I, I call on the divine spirit of life and love to be with us here today. We need these quiet times. Times of prayer and reflection even when some of us are unsure who or what we are praying to. And for some of us, the word prayer itself has lost its meaning and its power. Yet still we can sit quietly and turn our attention inwards and focus our thoughts and what we focus upon is different for each of us. <clears throat> for we are unique beings. Each of us has our own unique sense of that which we hold to be divine. And we share a common humanity. And this common humanity brings us our concerns, our anxieties, hopes and fears, gratitude and joy. For this is what it is to be human. We care for others both those close to us and those whose lives we hear of only in the news. We delight in the natural world with its rich gifts for our senses. The sounds, the sights, the smells, the tastes, the very touch of it all. We have an idea that we can be greater than we often are. That there is something of God in each and every one of us. 
we yearn to better ourselves and to live our potential. Yet we know how often we fall short of our aspirations. We sense mysteries beyond our comprehension as we look up at the stars or smell that flower. And so as we enter a brief time of shared silence together now, I invite you to focus all our loving thoughts and prayers on those who are facing challenges in our world. The aftermath of the Indonesian earthquake, those existing in places at war, those with private, personal issues. Let's send our love. And may the, the peace and the stillness of this time and place stay with us and strengthen us for the tasks of living and loving in this world, now and always. Amen. Sarah has asked me to say a few words about my faith journey into Unitarianism. I've promised to be fairly brief, which isn't a skill that comes to me naturally. Uh, my journey is probably very different to yours, but we could equally all stand here and tell our stories. My story started when I was brought up in a very strict Pentecostal church. God was a very real and very present part of my upbringing. I went to church several times each week and believed in a God who had created the world in seven days, who held the power of life and death in his hands, and it was a he, and who had reserved heaven for the saved and hell for everyone else. This God had come to earth in the form of Jesus, who had died for the sins of the world, and you could be saved as long as you trusted in this sacrifice of Jesus. And the evidence that you were saved was living a holy and Bible-based life, and keeping oneself unspotted by the world, which seemed to be a full-time occupation because the world was anything or anyone that didn't come to our church. And it all sounds a bit stark when I relate it like that, but I actually had a lovely upbringing. It is quite a comforting thought as a child to know without doubt you are saved and that you are one of the few people lucky enough in the world to have found the truth. And this God I believed in did have a loving side. 
And I was brought up singing things like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Until I hit puberty and started having some very strange feelings and got told suddenly Jesus couldn't love me quite so much if I were to act on those feelings. (laughs) Well, I played in the church band and I started preaching at age 15 and I always knew I was called to be a minister and had I not left, probably would be a preacher in a Pentecostal church today. But as I grew up and I started to question the things that I'd been told all my life, I became increasingly uneasy. Now, I was advised by everyone I knew to quash my doubts. You had to believe it all. If you remove one brick, the whole evidence will come crashing down. But an edifice doesn't come crashing down if you take out just one brick. And if it does, then it wasn't very steady in the first place. Well, I left the Pentecostal church, and with it, everybody I'd known all my life. My faith changed, but it didn't come crashing down completely. I believed in God then, and I still do today. And I still have a love for the scripture and the Bible stories I grew up with. Although they now take their place amongst the many sources which inspire and inform my faith. A turning point for me was one day in Manchester. And I was walking past the Buddhist centre. And I looked through the window and I saw some singing bowls for sale and I really wanted to buy one of those singing bowls and take it home but I hesitated to put my foot over the threshold of the Buddhist centre because I had been brought up with a deep fear of anything that wasn't Christian Any other religion or philosophy was a short road to hell. And I realised that thinking had not quite left me. But that singing bowl called to me. And so I went in and I bought it. And that was the first time I fully realised, deep down, we're all the same. We're all doing our best. We're all trying to make sense of this great mystery of life and we can learn from each other. And then, in a chance conversation, someone said to me, you sound a bit like a Unitarian. (laughs) And I'd never heard the word. I'd never heard of Unitarians. But if I sounded like one, I thought it must be important to go and find out about them. So I went along to my first Unitarian service. And from that day to this day, I knew I was home. Being with other Unitarians has strengthened, challenged and renewed my faith. 
not just in a God, but also a faith in life and in people. Unitarians accepted me as I was, but also encouraged me to be my best self. Now, I still sit at the more Christian end of Unitarianism, but I'm blessed to share the path with Unitarians who might believe differently to me, but are very much part of my beloved community. Every day, I give thanks that someone said to me, you sound like a Unitarian, because I was one. And how many more are there out there who need to be told, you know, you sound like a Unitarian. Well, it was very natural for me to train and then become a Unitarian minister. And I've had the most incredible Unitarian journey. And it continues to be so. So today I give thanks that I'm able to be here with you today. And for our precious, our diverse, our quirky, yet sacred, Unitarian faith. Let's take the beauty of that music into our time of meditation now. Um, there'll be a few spoken words to lead us into um, a good few minutes of stillness together, and that'll come to an end with a chime from our bell. So do whatever you want to do to get yourselves comfy. Um, maybe enjoy that feeling of feet on the ground, um, comfy in your chair as best you can be. Soften your gaze or close your eyes, whatever works for you. And if you want to in these few minutes, I invite you to consider your own faith journey. It might be the journey of life that has brought you to this very moment and to this building. You may have a sense of an ongoing exploration of life and its meaning and purpose. You may have some very interesting and different experiences that you could tell that you've had along the way. Let us in the stillness consider our own journey of faith.
Well, um, Ant and I have known each other for over 14 years now. We first met when our training for ministry overlapped at the Unitarian College in Manchester. And I mentioned at the start of the service that Ant is minister with the Congregation of Kingswood in, near Birmingham. And he's also just been appointed as tutor to our new Unitarian College with responsibility for accompanying our ministry students on their paths to ministry. Ant and I have stayed firm friends since our training. And, and I think I can say that we respect each other's work, can't I? Though we do joke that if we swapped congregations, we could probably close each other's churches within a year. <laughs> and that's because our particular versions of Unitarianism differ quite a bit. And yet, there are elements we both hold dear. So I, I wonder if any of the elements I'm going to mention now um, actually brought you to this place, this faith, this church. I think I can say that we are both proud of our Unitarian history, of the fact that brave individuals lost their livelihoods and even their lives to win the right for others to worship as their faith led them, and for the right to hold our own beliefs. It, it challenges me personally that there are so many places in our world that that is still not the case. Because we have no set creed, we Unitarians have always asserted that each person must believe only what our hearts and our consciences tells us is true. There are values that we hold in common, aren't there? But, but our beliefs, no, they must be our own. And it delights me that this Kensington Unitarian congregation holds such a richness, such a variety of beliefs. And it also delights me that we're increasingly articulate about matters of faith. We're prepared to talk about deep matters, aren't we? The, um, the post-war Unitarian Universalist theologian James Luther Adams, who wrote about those five smooth stones of liberal religion that we heard earlier on, Adams developed the idea that people come to churches for ultimacy and intimacy. Ultimacy and intimacy. Ultimacy is a term coined originally, I think, by the Christian theologian Paul Tillich to express our ultimate commitments, our ultimate values, our ultimate concerns. Oh, there's a human urge, isn't there, to, ex to want to explore these ultimate issues. And I reckon we just do it so much better in company with others. Any of you who've experienced being in some of the small groups here at Essex Church or perhaps in other congregations, you'll know how special it can be to hear other people expressing something from deep within and how special it can be to experience to being listened to in this way. And we Unitarians, you may have noticed, have a rich and varied view of what God is and can be. We don't limit our awareness of the ultimate to a particular book or a creed because we value the individual's own experiences of faith. So sitting here together now, and I'm not going to ask you to reveal yourselves today, but I reckon we've got atheists, agnostics, theists, mystics, pantheists, 
and no doubt a load of other ists and isms, all here together in one place, in a Unitarian congregation. The very name Unitarian appeals greatly to some of us, so much so that I wear it on my t-shirt and I have a chalice on my back. And I know that there are people who've been coming here for 30 years or more and still don't like to call themselves Unitarians. Fair enough. We encourage each of us to experience the divine for ourselves and to continue this lifelong search for that which we hold to be of ultimate worth. And these quests for religious truth, they can take us on some fascinating journeys of faith, as we heard from Ant. We're aware of the origins of our faith from our childhood and in our prevailing culture. We're so fortunate to have access to all the world's scriptures, to poetry and great music and scientific study to aid us in our ongoing quest. I think another important element of our faith is our quest for civil and religious liberty. Unitarians say that, we, that everyone should be free to love who they want, marry who they want, believe what they must, be able to practice their religion and have freedom of speech. The rights that we claim for others are the same rights we would want others to have. And of course, our support for the cause of liberty is always balanced by a, a very important responsibility to not harm others. And we could spend the rest of our lives discussing how we may or may not harm others in the holding of our own views. But we recognize that freedom must go hand in hand with respect for others and for the rule of law. We also include respect for all creation. For many Unitarians, our faith leads us, doesn't it, to make ethical choices about what we buy, what we eat, how we live our lives, how we deal with our finances, the support we give to other organizations committed to building a fairer world. And another important aspect of liberal faith for me, and I, I would love to hear your views on this, is the holding of humanity itself in high regard. I want to search for the good in all. Now that is not to say that people don't do bad things, because we do. But Unitarians keep working towards the creation of a more just and loving world. And I really don't think that humans are born bad. This belief in goodness then urges me to seek ways to celebrate life itself. And that's what we're doing as Unitarians in a community like this, when we're offering people chance to create unique, meaningful ceremonies marking life's turning points. And as a minister, I, I have to be very aware of Unitarian structures of governance, because it really shapes my working life. Some of you know that each of our congregations is independent and self-governing. So we're valuing our autonomy. At the same time, I think we have to continually work to link up with a wider Unitarian movement, supporting our congregations, training our minister, linking with congregations around the world. And then at the core of our faith 
is our worship here in community one with another? I sometimes think of Sunday mornings as, as a chance to recharge our batteries. Through, through song and silence, words, music, prayer, we reflect on life and I think we strengthen ourselves for the living of our lives and the work of building a better world for all. It's quite a task, isn't it? This, this way of seeing our faith as a process, as, a, as an active verb, perhaps, rather than as a static noun. And this is all best done in community with others. So I give thanks for being in community with you all, whether this is your first visit here or your thousandth, because together we can do so much more than we're ever going to do on our own. And I hope that what we do is for the greater good of all. Amen. And so, may each of us be as a beacon, bright and clear, in this world. May we share our good news with others. And may we reach out to others when stormy winds blow. And may we speak our own needs and seek a helping hand when our own steps falter. Amen. Go well and blessed be.